Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 105 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, and Greg. Minus the Jeff. He's not here, and he's probably what? It's going to be, it's gonna gonna be become like, one of those things. Like, welcome to 15 with Randy, and Andy, and Jeff, and Bob, and Jim, and Sue, <laughs> see Jane, minus, you know, Andy, and Greg, and Jeff today. Yeah, we'll keep changing it up. Why, why stick with one thing? That gets boring. Well, for those of you that are local here to Orlando, welcome to summer. The heat is on, oh. and... The rain of the last two weeks with its cloud and moisture are almost we're now seem a little bit more welcome than they did at the time <laughs> as the heat continues to rise. It's a good time of year to stay inside, grab your earbuds, and catch up and share past episodes of the podcast you may have missed. Now, over the last, I think, three weeks, we've been talking about Don't Miss Last Week with June 2nd and the Q&A that Andy and I did during, yeah, during the did. service. And it you know came off pretty well. We got some we got some feedback. We gave away some gift cards, and you know Andy and I we we just kind of hung out on stage. We answered the questions to the best of his ability, not mine. <laughs> but here's the thing: I purchased the Amazon gift cards, and to get a ten dollar variety, which I had already said was what we were going to give away, the only place I could find them at all were in ten dollar amounts, <laughs> and so we need them. So, and they also came in only packs of three. So we have one extra gift card. So to claim this extra gift card, what you need to do is send me a text or an email. Now, we know this works because we got texts and emails from a pile of people last week. And this week, if you send me a text or an email describing how you have used your voice, one, and two, how it has changed your life and or somebody else's. Now, this isn't a pat ourselves on the back session, but rather a let's help others find ideas and ways to engage, to use their voice and maybe to join in on what you're doing. I mean, if you've got something cool going on that you're using your voice for someone else that doesn't have one, well, what if we had two voices or there three voices helping that same cause? So if you would text that 407-965-1607 or podcast at hospitalchurch.org, first person in gets the $10 gift card to Amazon. And that's fun with you, Greg. Huh? <laughs> I do. He's like, <laughs> already sent it. <laughs> already sent it in my mind. So, and of course, you can always do all of that stuff on the Hospital Church mobile app. And as we mentioned on Sabbath, you can find everything you need right there, hospitalchurch.org slash FHCAPP. Now that we have our announcements and our advertisements out of the way. We can dig into the apology, which I would like to just apologize to Tammy real quick. <laughs> oh, the apology. apology needed. It was great. <laughs> I'm very thankful that Tammy keeps us organized. Yeah. And she would have been more than willing to have had that song. That is right. true. Had she been here. And she I just want to defend her. She would have said, no problem. I think it's a great idea. Right. And but she would have she would have patted you on the back and said, Greg, that's why I love having you here on the team. You're you're just looking for that extra little something. <laughs> she would have she would have patted me on the back and said, Greg, I wish you had told me that Tuesday. That's what it would have been. <laughs> Well, and she was that, right. That would have even been a better idea on Tuesday. Right? Yeah, she, and she would have been right. That's well, good. Well, we love Tammy here, and no one loves the podcast more than Tammy. There's at any point during the week. Um, I usually once a week I get an email with a little tidbit from Tammy, just saying thank you, or we really enjoyed the podcast, or I talked to someone that enjoyed the podcast in some way, shape, or form. So she was very, very quick to email us when we had talked about Jeff's sabbatical being over. Yes, she did. She was like, no, no, no. No, no, no. There's, there's uh, quite a few more weeks left of that. <laughs> Jeff is not coming back early. All right. Well, we answered a handful of questions on the uh, during the program this week, and we had a few more come through in the afternoon. Oh, really? 
So these were Good luck, they, right? they had their chance. <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> as soon as we were done, I was uh, checking the phone. They didn't come through right away. But as soon as I sat down, they came through almost immediately. So the first one was, how does the church speak for those who can't speak for themselves or and advocate for those under racial oppression? In other words, another, you know, we're talking about giving someone their voice or those that don't have it. So how does the uh, how does the church speak for those that are under racial oppression? Well, my first question to the questioner would be when you say how does the church mm-hmm. are you talking about the body of Christ globally are talking about the denomination specifically or the Florida Hospital Church individually? Gonna, that, I think it makes a big difference in how you think about the question a little bit. Well, then let's go with how does the Florida Hospital Church? Yeah, let's do church. a rapid – well, I, I'd be interested for us to do just a quick like rapid fire for the local church denomination and body of believers. Sure. I like it. I'm, I, I just – some of you go ahead because I'll probably say the wrong thing. Um, <laughs> I, I think – well, first of all, as individuals within a local body of believers, mm-hmm. it means being aware of the issue of racial prejudice. Okay. And so watching for it and then when you see it, speaking into it, opposed to it, hopefully not for it. Um, that's that's the goal, to be able to stand up for those who are not standing up for themselves or maybe can't in a certain situation be able to do so. So I think – Individual awareness, thinking about it, being intentional about it, so it's not something that's just oh maybe I'll be maybe I will speak up for people that are suffering from racial prejudice of some kind. Okay, so as a denomination, is this something that is? I'm not expecting. I mean, I know you're not like at world headquarters or sitting no, in I'm on not. sitting in on meetings and things like that. But from your perspective, from what you see, and not necessarily a right or a wrong, what do you feel like the stance is? from the Adventist church as a denomination? Well, I, I mean, I th- I, obviously, I don't think we, we're, I think we're against racial prejudice. Sure. I mean, that makes sense that we would be. There's a little conundrum, though, with us, some of the Adventist church in North America. This is not globally. This is in North America and okay. pr- predominantly east of the Mississippi. There's a little bit over the line, but where we have what we call state conferences and regional conferences. And regional conferences are predominantly black people lead those regional conferences by and large. Okay. And the state conferences are much, much, much more integrated uh, ethnically. So we have, we have overlapping governance structures based upon race still. And so whether we, while we, while we might speak, we're against racial prejudice and we don't speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. At the same time, we support a whole system of a, a kind of a segregation Sure. And, and which which is problematic in, in its roots. Well, that's weird because coming from the Midwest, your church is identified by the town that it's in. Right. Because like in the state of Wisconsin where I'm from, there is – I don't think there's any city except Madison that has an east and a west church. Green Bay has one church. The Fox Valley has a church. Here, I mean it's not like you can just be like, hey, it's the Orlando Seventh-day Adventist Church. You've got the Korean church. Right next to Forest Lake Church and Fleece, mm-hmm. you have the Filipino Church. You have all these different churches that are identified racially, right? Than they do locationally necessarily. Sure. So, I mean, does that in itself create a problem that we don't? It, it does not by intent. And if a church is is in a community that's monoracial, mm-hmm. okay, pretty much to have a monoracial church is is no slur upon the name of Christ. Sure. That's who lives in the community. That's who lives there, yeah. In a city like Orlando, though, that has a huge variety of ethnicities and backgrounds and cultures, to go out and intentionally start a ethnically-based or culturally-based church 
outside of a community of people like that seems to me to be problematic. Our church here, we have a large group of Russians uh, part of our congregation. Mm-hmm. We have a large number of people from Brazil, uh, the Portuguese speaking. We have a large number of Hispanics. We have a large number of Islanders. We have a large number, we have a large group from Burma that have a special dialect. And if any of those groups chose to leave here and go start a church about that group, we would be the losers because we wouldn't have that. We would not have the richness that comes from that cross pollinization. Sure. Um, and diversity is a strength if you trust each other. Yeah. Uh, because you can learn so much from the different cultures. And, oh, you see it that way. Oh, my, I never would have thought that. And so you, the body is richer from the, all of that. So I'm not trying to put down having ethnic churches. Uh, no, that, of course that, not. That, that can very much be okay. But I'm also saying don't don't split up a body that has a variety of ethnicities in it. Capture the the, the strength of that and try to play on that. The excuse How did we get on this? Yeah, I'm well, that was, that was the question, the, the racial <laughs> oppression. But I think some people would also come back and say, well, you have a large group of Russian people that mm-hmm. attend your church. Now, does every one of them speak really fluent English? I mean, is it easier for them to attend a church or would it be easier right. for them to start a church where it's like, hey, we don't have to try to figure out the English. When doing it, church, it, we it, can just talk in our native tongue. I it, mean, that it, might be. It might be, but would it, would it be better for the kingdom of God? It might be more comfortable. Sure. It might yeah. be nice to stand, to walk, walk into church on Saturday morning and have the sermon in, a, in my native tongue. Is that going to be the best thing for the body of Christ? That's a decision that has to be for a sure. wrestle through. They translate the service for those who have a hard time with English, so they wear headsets and listen to the service being translated. Should we do that in some other languages? Probably so. But I just really believe that there's a value of being together. Back to our original Christians, speaking up for racial oppression— I don't know what the official denominational stance even actually is, but as our denomination, we're opposed to it, and I'm not sure how we speak into that, but I'm sure we do. I mean, I I think that – I know that ADRA, for example, Mm -hmm. like does a lot of work, not just in necessarily the relief uh, uh, portion of it, but in just some of the work that they do for – at risk, yeah. you know, young people and uh, people groups, you know, around the world. And there's a few other arms of the denomination that that kind of work to help with those things uh, around the world. Okay. Well, and the second question that came in was when you fail to see God's hand in your life or you fail to see that wisdom or you, your voice, how do you keep the faith when you don't see it? You don't have a voice. And I guess as a part of that, when you then don't feel or you don't see God's hand in your life, how do you keep the faith and move forward when it feels like you have no voice and you have no way to even seemingly cry out for help? Because I think a lot of people feel that way when it comes to probably a lot of life situations. But I know in church, if you feel like maybe you don't have the same connection, connection mm-hmm. or maybe the same upbringing even, then some people that, well, we can quote, some people can just right. quote text like crazy. I know for me, I'll be like, wow, that's amazing. I can't remember Anything, John three sixteen, yeah. and then and Jesus wept, and then I don't remember where that one comes from. But those are the ones I can just pull off and, and John, fire out at you. Eleven thirty five. Oh, so see that, yeah. right there, there he is. So and, I think if you're having a little bit of a hopelessness, uh, there's a lack. You think of a lack of wisdom that you don't don't have a voice. I think one of the first things to do is maybe even I mean prayer always works, but that's important. But I I, I really think reviewing the stories of those who've been in similar circumstances and came beyond it. Yeah, uh, there's nothing like a personal story of someone who's uh, gone through adversity, gone through a, a time of hopelessness, and returned to hope. 
those will, those can restore. Oh my, okay. If that person went through that, I then I, I can, I'll hang on and 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 to remember that life life doesn't come in a steady stream. There are, there are ebbs and flows to everything. It, there it'll be overwhelming and horrible one day, and less horrible and less overwhelming the next. Maybe. How do we recognize then? When people may be struggling with not having a voice, I mean, it's it's obvious when we talk about things like sure. social injustice or right. racial oppression, those things to most people should be pretty obvious. But if Greg is over here, he's a new member at Florida Hospital Church, and Greg is just not sure where he fits in. He doesn't feel like he has anything that's maybe super important that he needs to get off his chest. But what you were just talking about, Andy, where someone, if we know that they kind of share that journey with us. Right. So how do we find Greg to say, yeah, Greg, you and I have the same, we kind of have a little bit of the same story. And all of a sudden Greg makes that connection and then Randy and Greg can have a dialogue and I can use my voice and then Greg becomes more confident and use his voice. But if I don't recognize that Greg has this issue, then how do I, how do I help him? I mean, he just, he stays there or someone else finds it, but how do we find people or, or seek them out? Well, at least, at least a piece of the answer. I'll let Greg speak to this, but <laughs> at least a piece of the answer, I think, is just to be more intentional about building relationships. Because without the relationship, I'm not going to know. Yeah, I, unless true. I've got some kind of super gift of discernment. Uh, I, I'm, I, but if I, if I, we visit a little bit, I get to know you a little bit, even just a, even. But that requires intentionality. That sure. requires coming to church. And it not being about me only, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I come true. to get my blessing for the day and to praise my God for the day. And it's going to be my experience for me. And I'm going to go home feeling good about me. But to come saying, I, I, I want to engage. I have intentionality of, of building relationships with people while I'm there. Because it's in the context of those conversations, there'll be all the time, I think, as pastors, we recognize we don't know something's going on. And all of a sudden we well, have. Yeah, yeah, we get someone who's, you know, frustrated <laughs> because we didn't. Or, or, or disappointed, disappointed that we didn't come to see them, you know, when they were in the hospital. And it's like, did you tell us? in the hospital? Like, we, you know, we didn't know. Did you tell us you were going in? You know, like, it's, it's, you know, we want to, like, we want to be able to help people. I mean, that's a big part of what I do, why I do. Like, that's why I went into pastoral ministry was to help young people, to be, to be their advocate, to be their voice, to be able to provide support and encouragement in the times when they need it the most, because other people did that for me. And sometimes you just don't know, right. and, and it's tough. I mean, if you're introverted, you know, there have been a couple people in the last probably month or so that I've had an opportunity to to either directly or indirectly hear their story and find out about, and they're just, they're very introverted, and it's hard, you know, that that piece to come to church and work yeah. to be engaged is just sure. so, you know, it's so like, is it, I, and I'm listening to Andy talk about, you know, you got to come to church and you got to engage. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, that's a good idea, but man, when you think about people who are really introverted, that's yeah, horrible, really yeah. tough. <laughs> But that makes it hard because if they're not here, it's just like the people that were going, hey, how come you didn't come visit me? I didn't know you were here. But I think part of that and one of the challenges then is so as a church like Florida Hospital Church gets bigger, how do you make it smaller? That's That's one of the challenges that we have to do and that that as a church, you know, in our administration or Mm -hmm. organization or whatever, our leadership need to figure out like what are some ways that we can help make what might be intimidating for an introvert in like a meet and greet situation to make that more like a meeting two or three or four people in some. Yeah. I was having lunch this weekend and I won't reveal the sources, but uh, they had a picture on their phone of one of their children under the seats and the worship center. Oh yes. I saw that. Yeah, this, is, this, is, this is how he reacts to meet and greet. <laughs> 
<laughs> and there's a lot of adults. If they could climb under the seats, they would. They could if uh, they would fit. And so I think that, that that's important. Again, though, I think if we can intentionalize life not being just about us, we'll be able to hear stories and we'll be able to recognize where we can be voiced for others. Uh, it's 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 in the conversations. It's in hearing the stories that it opens that opportunity. And really, I think for those of us who don't find ourselves on the introvert side of the scale, it's on us a little bit to use our ability to just go up and talk to anyone, even mm-hmm. if, and especially if they look maybe a little lost or a little timid, like, hey, I don't know you, but I'm Randy. How you doing? Sure. Are you, you know, and don't be afraid of the, hey, you know, are you a member? <laughs> I'm a member. Oh, sorry. Didn't yeah. know, you know. This is my seat. <laughs> safe, yeah. safe, oh. safe questions always. How long have you been worshiping <laughs> here? Oh, I like that. Safe See? question always you can ask. Oh, I've been here for 55 years. Well, this is my first weekend, so you, you can't go wrong. <laughs> there you go. Man, we should have been talking to Andy. See, this is why we have Q&A with Andy. There's lots of good stuff. It doesn't work if you're a pastor, though. No. No, that's that's right. If I go up to someone, how long have you been worshiping here? You don't know. Bro, I've been here for 20 years. (laughs) Like, you don't know? We've talked four other times before. (laughs) How many times are you going to ask my name? (laughs) My bad. All right. Well, this week, one of our FHC takeaways asked, who do you know or know about in Orlando or wherever you are who can't speak for themselves and needs an advocate? needs your voice. And I thought if there was a way that we could be more intentional about those of us that, again, maybe be on the other side of the scale or find ourselves to be a little more extrovert than introvert, this might be a good idea for us to just mentally say, hey, who do I know? Who do I know about? And maybe who do my friends know about that might need this help and engage them that way? It's one of the reasons I encourage adults to ask kids names. Ah. Uh, Every kid Every kid's in the category of needing an advocate. Sure. Um, That's I mean, a good idea. The, the ones that are more gregarious and the ones that are more shy still need advocates just because of, of their vulnerability of being children. Yeah. And so I think and if our church would really be cognizant of kids, and if you learn a kid's name and you don't see him for two weeks and then you see him again, you call him by name. Yeah. You, That's huge. You've made, a, you've made an impression. and yeah. And they feel more valuable and... We're, we're doing the right thing. We're giving voice. And it's and they should feel more valuable right. because if we have taken that time and we're, we're being intentional, it does show mm-hmm. value. It means we do value. All right. Our final thoughts are from the closing to Andy's message. He said, when we say yes to Jesus, we are agreeing to be wise and to become people individually and as a body who speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And with everything in our world that is just seemingly off the rails on a regular basis. <laughs> this seems like a fairly easy but really effective way to show the love of Christ. All right. Speaking of this upcoming we You want to be here. Oh, all right. I'll just I'll oh, just say you want to be here. It's Zed, right? One of our smartest members is going to talk. Zed Stefanovic. Zed Stefanovic. And so he will be presenting the message this week. You will be glad you were here. It'll help you have a better understanding of the Abrahamic faiths. Excellent. I'll just leave it at that. And if you are not going to be here, there will be a I have heard rumor from Tony that there'll be a Facebook Live where we're gonna do a little Oh, during uh, the class time? Yeah, and okay. do a little bit with Zed that way. I hope that we can catch him. I'm reaching out to him this week as well. Okay. So if all goes well, hopefully he will be sitting here. We can give Greg the week off or Andy the week he, off he, next he, week, whichever. He'll be speaking for church at first service at nine thirty. Then he'll be uh, doing a uh, question answer, sort of an interaction about the topic a little more during the class time in the center of the worship center Oh, okay. Uh, while classes are going oh, yeah. on. Uh, we're not canceling, asking anybody to cancel classes, but those who would like to come, come, can come that. Sure. 
And then uh, he'll be speaking again at the at the 12 o'clock service. I've only heard him speak a couple of times. It's enjoyable because his knowledge is just really it's super amazing. crazy. It it's really amazing is. that a person can be that smart and that know that much about the Bible and tolerate my sermons on a consistent basis <laughs> and be nice about it. <laughs> and be nice about it. All right. Well, you definitely don't want to miss that. So check all that out. And that's going to do it for this week. Don't forget to text and email me how you are using your voice and helping somebody else in the process. Please do share that process with us. Claim your gift card. Thank you always to Andy and Greg and Tom. And do join us again next week for episode 106 and hopefully the aforementioned Zed Stefanovich. So thanks for listening and have a great week.